Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Special Halloween recording. Special Halloween recording. Um, Wow, we made it. We made it. Um, I feel like we've talked about Halloween on more episodes than there are in the month of October, but that's okay. Um, Real quick, everyone. First of all, Hot Mickey's joining us on the pod again. I know he was absent for the last couple. So welcome back, Hot Mickey. Hello, friends. And we got a very special guest, uh, Master of Literature, Hylette. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Uh, viewers, listeners may recognize the name Hyalette as a staple in our Discord server. Um, Hyalette, just a dedicated fan to the cause of of Thanks for Playing. Actually, um, story goes goes back several months. Um, Hyalette and I have known each other for for several years now. Play matches together, hang out, and he's been a dedicated yep. listener to the podcast for a little while. And uh, Hyalette hit me up, hit me and Matt up, and said, "Hey." You know, if you guys ever want uh, help with video game topics or anything like that, you know, Hyalette himself is a is a great writer with a uh, in- English literature masters. That's what we got. All right, let's just confirm. Yep, right, sorry. Masters he just said literature. master of literature. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> Hyalette just totally went out of his way to write a super super incredible topic on mental health and video games, uh, which just was extremely robust, full of amazing resources, uh, really great timelines of, of where we've come uh, as a video game culture to where we're at now. And um, man, just it's incredible work. And we, we just wanted to have Highlight on to talk about the work and talk about mental health in video games. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Highlight, I know Lucas kind of gave a really good introduction there, but uh, anything else we should know about you, my man? Um, I love long the walks on the beach, show. candlelit dinners. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I'm a Which, big fan of the pod. Sh- Sorry, I interrupted. Oh, Go for it. It's all good. Um, big pod of the fan. I've known Lucas, yeah, for a few years. Got, uh, we started playing Magic this year, actually. It just seems like yeah. way longer, probably. Um, but I've always been into video games. been playing yeah. since I was single digit. My first console was an N64. So that's kind of where my journey started. And then I kind of went back and moved same, forward. Same, same, same. Kept up with pretty much every system. Huge God of War fan. That's uh, come up on the Discord a lot. You're but yeah, Ragnarok really into video when games. When it comes out? Uh, definitely. I'm debating yeah. into Collector's Edition. Since cl- please win, please do. Please do. Because I, I don't think any of us are getting it. So we definitely need somebody <laughs> to get it. To, to just, <laughs> I'm, just to I'm give leaning us the heavily towards it. Yeah, because um, yeah. I wanted is, the Jotnor edition, but it was too expensive when it dropped, and I missed out. Last question: What is your all-time favorite video game? That's where I was going, <laughs> bro. I knew you were going to ask me this, <laughs> and I've been dreading it. Um, I can't say. There's too many good ones. Top one, one of them off the t- off the Mount Rushmore. Favorite you've played in the last year? There we go. Last year, you know, I'm going to put God of War up there, like. It's, it's a <laughs> okay, timely okay. subject. Clean. And one of my chapters of my thesis was on the God of War series. So it's hard Love to it. omit yeah. that from at least my oh, Mount Rushmore. Oh, yeah. I think we, we definitely talked about that on the God of War episode. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hylet had actually provided us some some like literally like stuff that he had written about God of War um, during the God of War episode. I know we referenced that um, at some point. So if uh, you'd be so kind to distribute that for people that, that want to ask for it, you know, maybe, maybe Hylet will give it to you. Um, yes, but and, cool. um, everyone, I should mention, 
If you want to get little intel on where all this good stuff is, where you can find um, Hylet's thesis potentially, um, come hang out on our Discord. It's a good time. You can find our Discord and any of our social media handles. Uh, thanks for, excuse me, at TFE Podcast. That's at TFE Podcast with an S at the end. You can also find a link to our Discord on our website. Thanks for playing live. You can also find a couple of very handsome pictures of myself and Lucas. Uh, as well, you can we're also email us thanksforlinkpod at gmail.com. Uh, go ahead and shoot us an email, questions, comments, concerns, or just if you want the Discord link, go ahead and an email me Discord link, and I will personally reply back with a link to the Discord server. Come hang out. It's a good time. We got Hot Mickey. We got Hylet. Um, a lot of just hot people in that Discord in general <laughs> hanging out, having a good time, talking video games. But that's either here or there today. Today! We are going to be talking about mental health and video games. Um, a few notes, you know, we, we've we've brushed lightly on the stuff previously. We we touched on it in our um, Doki Doki literature episode, which is, which is actually one of our Halloween episodes two years ago. Uh, obviously, that is a game that deals very heavily with a myriad of um, mental health issues um, that may come up. And as well, we kind of touched on them a little bit as well in our... Uh, we did a video games as therapy episode about how those can be kind of beneficial, beneficial for people with certain, um, you know, mental health disorders, like whether that's OCD or uh, anxiety or PTSD. Exposure, ther- like exposure, exposure therapy exposure, being exposure used in video therapy, games. Yeah. Um, both great episodes, by the way. Go check them out. But all that said, it is important to note that none of us here are mental health professionals. We are all very kind of new into like learning about this space formally. Um, so obviously we do our best to do our proper research. Shout out pilot. Um, but you know, it's important that we're not mental health professionals and you know, if anything here does trigger you or gets you thinking about anything and you know, absolutely reach out to, to someone whoever you need to talk to um, and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of great resources online for whatever you're going through. Hotlines, we'll throw websites, some in the description groups. of this episode as well. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, now, on to my first question for the group here. Do video games cause violence and or depression in people? What do we think Ooh. about that? Broad, broad question that every politician seems to have an opinion on. Do we feel that it does? Uh, Mickey, let's hear from you first. Uh... It, it it doesn't like just gonna be straight out not gonna beat around the bush like it's it's stupid to insinuate that it does cause violence if you just like look at any kind of data and the fact that the only kind of violence like people show up are in the states and pretty much every other country like this isn't a thing like the, there's nothing that uh links violence to video games at all Gotcha. What what is your opinion on feelings of depression or anxiety or loneliness for people and uh, video games? That one you- is that one is a little more tricky because I have definitely felt that myself as well uh, growing up, uh, especially like in my like super early like adult years, like growing from like eighteen to twenty two. Like I I definitely felt like pretty alone. Like that that was like. Also, the time like I probably like most grinded Smash and StarCraft, StarCraft more specifically. Uh, but uh, yeah, and that that's pretty much my release from pretty much just like all feeling like I was like stuck in a place for and like 
pretty bad place for a while. Like I had just been like kicked out of my house. Like I had started living on my own around that time. And like, I don't think I was ready to do so, but I'm glad I did it in the end. Cause like, I, I like having my independence and it's something I'm growing very fond of and which like ha- having roommates has been like, oh, I wish I was completely alone now. But yeah. Wow. The, Thank, thank you for, for sharing, sharing that, Mickey. Yeah, I did not. I did not uh, know that that aspect about you, Hot Mickey. Well, uh, you know, really, really appreciate the sharing there, man. Um, this is an open space. This is a safe space for everyone. Uh, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, I, I'll just I'll speak for myself here. You know, I think when it comes to the the mental health, um, I guess the mental health things that that plague people. You know, anxiety, depression, aggression, uh, feelings of loneliness, inadequacy, and things like that. Um, addiction um, being another thing. I think it's it's such a varied spectrum, you know, and I think everyone has the capacity to feel all of those things, whether you're playing video games or not. I mean, I think to to assume that those things didn't exist before video games, people had didn't have violent tendencies or want to, you know, go into their workplace and cause violence onto others and stuff before video games. I mean, all that stuff existed well before these things became ubiquitous and super popular across across the planet, right? And like you said, Mickey, you know, um, every single mass shooting that happens in America, the media immediately tries to find out if the person played video games, right? And it's always it's always like the scapegoat and the thing to blame, which I definitely want to get into on this episode. Um, but speaking on like for myself personally with like, you know, anxiety, depression, things like that, I think it's one of those things that's kind of always been around, uh, for me, whether it is like video games, whether I'm playing video games or not. And I think in a lot of ways, video games have actually been really great escapism, um, which they don't ever, the media never gives credit to video games for being a form of escapism. I mean, you're playing games like Minecraft, you're playing games like RuneScape, uh, you know, like I play World of Warcraft. I don't even raid. You know, I just kind of quest around and explore the map and stuff. And I, I feel that uh, there's there's so little credit giving to what a video game can do in terms of like what's positive for your mental health. We purely focus on the negative. Um, and of course, the news wants to focus on the negative and things like that. And you know, the research does show. Spoiler alert for what we're going to talk about a lot on this episode. The research does show that there is really not strong links between just like violence and strong bouts of like anxiety and depression and just someone that plays video games. I mean, 50% of young people, I believe these days are playing video games and somebody, I think the research is 10,000 hours of video games on app for the average person before their 21st birthday in the US. Um, I mean, we play a lot of video games, right? And not everyone in this country is, you know, having bouts of violent outbursts and anxiety and depression and things like that, like the media want you to say, or want you want you to, to really think. Um, sorry, Matt, For go context ahead. context, too, no, I was just going to say that 10,000 hours, that comes out to 416 days, just about, which is um, a lot. But also, I believe it, because, man, I can, um, I remember in, back in the day, this is totally anecdotal, but totally back in the day, my friend, you know, when you played Modern Warfare 2, not the one that just came out, but the older one, <laughs> Uh, on like the leaderboards, it would have how many like days or hours played or whatever. And I had so many friends, and this is just like in eighth grade within a calendar year before the next COD came out, had put in like 40 plus days into that game, basically equivalent of time, you know. And then there were also other video games they were playing alongside that, like Halo and, uh, and other stuff. So um, pretty, uh, pretty crazy. Yeah. 
What but, pilot? Go ahead, highlight. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear. I want to hear your take on this sort of thing. I mean, are are video games causing these issues that that we're led to believe? Um. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same vein with you guys. There's no strong correlation between video games and violence. Um, the numbers alone, like, doesn't make that make sense. Are you guys familiar with the Entertainment Software Association, out of curiosity? Uh, that's different from the ESRB, right? Yes, yeah. Okay. So the ESA, they're kind of like an organization or um, a trade association. I'm not exactly sure what the label is, but they work and advocate on behalf of a lot of big players in the video game industry. And every year they publish a report of how many people are playing video games, what are the demographics, what's most popular, how much money is being made. Um, so I've used this report in my thesis before and I actually pulled up to 2022 report. And it says 215.5 million people play video games in the United States alone. That's over two that's thirds a, of the country. That's a lot right? of people. <laughs> that's a ton of people. So if there was a strong correlation, I feel like we would be seeing much more higher numbers of this correlation between video games and violence. So first of all, it's horseshit. Well, you got to wonder though, how are they classifying a video game in that study, right? Is it, are they classifying the, the mom that plays Candy Crush while she's waiting in the drive-thru to pick up her kid from, from school, right? Yeah, I've always been I curious I think about that that. that's included in that, but they do break it down of like what types of devices and what types of games okay. people are playing. Yeah, that's But cool. the big, I think the big point is a lot of people play video games and Hot Mickey also noted like, look outside the country with the amount of gamers we have outside the United States and then the correlations. Yeah. So yeah. overall, no, I remember kind of a core memory moment in my undergrad, I think my first year of college in English class, like we had a debate, do video games cause violence? And the, I remember distinctly the other team being like, we got nothing. Like, they, <laughs> like pretty much like took the L, like five minutes in being like, we were forced to pick this side and we can't argue. Yeah, yeah. And then, I, remember um, in a, <laughs> I remember in high school, I had to do like a similar thing, but instead of video games, it was I had to debate why weed should be illegal. And nice. I just felt like such an asshole. Like <laughs> I, it was me and um me and Neil had to debate each other. Actually, uh, oh nice, Neil's, um, a friend I've got brought up here a few times. But ooh, yeah, that was always tough when you're forced to publicly debate like the wrong side of an argument, basically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that was no, fun. And I mean, they they did they did a good job. And well, I'm sure we're gonna get into the talking points, but they were very the same selling talking points that like certain congressmen have given. Um, and then the whole connection like video games to depression, anxiety, full disclosure, I, I have anxiety and depression. I've sought therapy to work on it, gain skills and things like that. And mm -hmm. I'm very much in the same vein as you guys. Video games has been a great escape or disturb, you know, disturbing the anxious thoughts or the depression um, by, you know, whatever it's escapism or just focusing my energy and my attention on something positive. And especially with, you know, the recent events of our social historical <laughs> moment. Yeah. Like video yeah. games has been a great outlet to just kind of take a break from the noise and, you know, feel better, focus, you know, do something positive. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, could not imagine a 2020 without video games. I don't oh think it would have been possible. Like, I think a lot of people would have gone legitimately crazy, uh, you know, if if video games didn't exist. I mean, uh, 20, 2020 was like Apex, like League, you know, TFT. It was just, there was, so, there was so much to play and like interacting with friends every single night was like the main saving grace of that time. And I mean, even such just a big for deal. so many people that, 
The biggest thing that stood out to me about 2020 was how many people got into Animal Crossing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like going and visiting other friends' houses. Because especially, you know, like right with peak COVID, like before anyone knew anything, right? I mean, everyone was being extremely careful, you know, just your own little bubbles. And like th these kind of things are important, you know, it's like it, it truly is uh, escapism, you know, um, especially when we're all checking our phones every day on Twitter. We all get all this just like terrible Doom scrolling. News, you know, the world's ending every day. Mm -hmm. I just saw today that apparently we discovered a uh, asteroid. The asteroid? Yeah, dude. Yeah, that shit's Wait, crazy. I didn't see this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? So apparently, there's an asteroid like, yeah. heading towards Earth, guys. Yeah, uh, I mean, we just much. we just discovered that we can crash a satellite into Armageddon, baby. So um, yeah, it's, it was hiding in the glare. Apparently, it was <laughs> hiding in the glare of the sun, and they just noticed it. And it's it's oh, like a near Earth. It's like a near Earth trajectory <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. I mean, everything's gonna kill us, according to the news. So there's that. Um, yeah, I but, think the only thing that if video games didn't exist during the pandemic, I think uh, I would have picked up Magic. <laughs> well, got, yeah, um, yeah, that's but the only same, thing that same, got me do it. same general principle of playing online and interacting with friends um, yeah. safely, you know. Um, yeah, so I, I want to touch on just uh, I'm, I'm glad we all kind of touched on our own personal journeys with with video games, mental health a little bit. Um, I think. Oh, wait, Matt, I'm not sure if you really touched on yours. You, you have the floor. Yeah, I mean, thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, similar stories to everybody, you know. I mean, I, I've kind of, like, talked about this before in the, like, in our Doki Doki episode way back, but in the same way, anime always served as a very big escapism for me from, like, just problems. You know, gaming is, is in the same vein in that regard, especially, like, you know, just getting lost in all these, like, single-player stories or, you know, just long day of work. And it's like, yeah, it's... 8 p.m. I had a terrible day at my nine to five. Let's go get yelled at some 12 year olds in Valorant. You know, like that's just that's therapeutic right there. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think, you know, violent people are going to be violent people regardless. And I think that's something that's more. Not uh, hairy already. I'm not going to call that intrinsic necessarily, because I think there's also external factors like how someone's brought up that can play into that. But I don't think video games is going to be one of those factors. Um, I, and I haven't like gone through all the research. Maybe there's an argument that it can give someone that's already violent ideas, but I don't think it's going to be the, it, it will never be the trigger. It's never going to be what causes anything. Um, you know, a, a bad person, just a bad person. Yeah. Literally look at like any other country that has video games and you know, there's just not, yeah, I, I think we should look at our gun laws before we look at our gaming laws. <laughs> I guess I'll leave <laughs> yeah. it at that. <laughs> I um, I wanted to jump on over to um, one of the articles that that had been linked over that Highlight had found, and and it really had to do with like internet gaming disorder or just gaming disorders in general. What I found super interesting, um, this is a quote from that article. Um, as popularity of video games has grown and the community of players has expanded, certain negative consequences and mental health impacts have been increasingly. Um, evident. In the fifth edition of the Diagnostic Statistic Manual of Mental Disorders, or the DSM-5, internet gaming disorder was included in the section recommending conditions for further research. Gaming disorder was defined in the 11th revision of the International Classification of Diseases as a, quote, pattern of gaming behavior characterized by impaired control over gaming, increasing priority given to gaming over other activities to the extent that gaming takes precedence over other interests in daily activities and continuation of escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences. So 
to me, what what we do consider to be sort of gaming disorder is really sort of a a common unhealthy relationship with anything that you may have an unhealthy relationship to me. I, I feel that this is not exclusive to gaming. I feel that you can replace gaming with you know any sort of medium, any sort of obsession that you can have. Um, and really find negative consequences. I, you know, there's a lethal dose of water too, is what I would say. Um, I've got, so I think I've got like, a real world example about this. And it, it go for it. Went viral. Like you guys know of the player Tom Brady, right? The greatest football player oh, of all time. He's getting a divorce. Oh he's yeah, getting go. divorced <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. he's focused. He focused. He cares too much about football. Like yeah, was that is that game. real? That, 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 that is that actually the real citation there? That that probably has something to do because like there were a lot of reports early in the off season that like he was supposed to stay retired, but he came back and didn't <laughs> consult Giselle about it. So I shouldn't be laughing. Highlight. I hear you wanting to say something. It just you can unmute, man. You're un- unleash. Um, no, I'm just laughing that like this dude was retired for 40 days. Yes, that meant a little <laughs> over a month. Being with his family and kids, he's like, this ain't it. I'm playing football. Shit, what do I do all the time now? (laughs) So is Tom Brady addicted to football? Is that what they're saying? Yo, that's my vote. He wants to play till he's 50. (laughs) Jesus. You know, that's an interesting thing where I I imagine a lot of, especially like the big athletes, right? Like the ones that are so in it that they're not thinking about what they're going to do after their careers. That's something I always wondered about because, like, when you're, you know, like a professional soccer player or a football player, rather, excuse me, or I mean, any sport professional really, and you're playing at that level of that competition, I mean, how mundane your life must seem once it all ends, unless you have something like really lined up very well, like your own business or your own media, like some sort of other career outside of it, which the vibe I get is that Tom Brady didn't have any of that planned. And I guess he, despite how much he loves kissing his kids on the mouth, I guess he wanted to stay away from them for a bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> going in, bro. <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny, it's funny. It's yeah, funny. yeah, that's good. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think that's interesting. I mean, it's like, like Mickey was saying, hot Mickey was saying, it's an example of how, you know, being so addicted to another game is obviously, you know, not, I, I guess not to put words in Tom's mouth or like to, project how he's really feeling about it but you know I, I, divorce is going to be a stressful thing you know um so i don't i don't envy that obviously i don't think any of us do or anyone would wish like that kind of stress on someone um and if what hot mickey is saying is true this is all because <laughs> of football <laughs> <laughs> i got i'm sure it's... there's other underlying reasons you know what i'm not even going to speculate but as a as a hypothetical, it's an interesting thought experiment. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Hyalet, I, I I wanted to hear your thoughts on this too. You know, you take something like something as healthy as an athletic pursuit, right? Like one of the healthiest human beings on the planet, right? Yet an occupation with something can still lead you down what some would call an unhealthy, you know, way of being, unstressful, like create stressful situations in your life. I mean, our video games just the thing that some people choose to worship and become obsessed with and addicted to. Um, and they just, the underlying conditions are there. The underlying kind of material in their brain is already there, ready to, ready to become addicted to something. Yeah. I mean, I think whether we're talking about Tom Brady and football citation needed uh, or video <laughs> games, I think it comes down to video games. If we're seeing this stuff with somebody that plays video games a lot, To me, it's a symptom of a larger problem. It's not that video games intrinsically developed this person like having an addiction and then exercising it. It's video games became the vehicle 
to act out, you know, an addiction or the need to escape. Uh, one of the articles, I think, I forgot which one, but the like the mini phrase I remember was quality over quantity of like play. And it really comes down to if someone's playing a game to enjoy it, the quality of their experience is positive and they're, you know, that's like the main goal. That's the main experience. Cool. If, you know, whether that's five hours, 10 hours, uh, the article I think you mentioned, Lucas, kind of lays out the steps. If it goes beyond that and video games start to not become fun anymore, but the player keeps playing in an attempt to remove negative emotions like stress, anxiety, sadness, worry, that's where it might become more alarming. I think there's more tooth to that argument. And I, I don't know if any of us have experienced this, but I think there are accounts out there where people play just to play. There's no fun or intrinsic enjoyment in the experience anymore. I haven't had fun playing a video game in a very long time, everybody. It has been a rough go. Right, and I don't think I've been there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I haven't been there either. So so I think, you know, I think it's easy to want to paint what we are visually able to observe as a problem without necessarily digging beneath the surface of what exactly is feeling this need to keep playing or keep doing whatever behavior is like we're seeing. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a great point to bring up. You know, I think over the years, I mean, there's been so many interpretations of what addiction even is, right? And whether addiction is like a disease that people carry with them and they have, or if it's the material that they're addicted to is really that the issue and we have to stop the material or we have to stop the substances or the video games or the movies or the whatever people can get addicted to, whether we're trying to treat that or treat the supposed disease or, you know, what, what we now consider to be a, a disease, right? Um, for those of you that, that don't know, I, this is uh, from a counselor, um, I believe it was a Counselor Today, um, or Counseling Today, which is a publication of the American Counseling Association. Um, there's seven things that are written in this article written by uh, Doyle L. Raymer um, last year, September of 2021. Um, these seven things can be considered to be uh, something that you can consider. So ask yourself these questions if you feel like you play a lot of video games. Maybe you're a counselor out there listening to this and wondering, you know, if my patient or somebody I work with um, plays a lot of video games. Number one, preoccupation with games. Um, number two, withdrawal symptoms such as irritability, anxiety, and sadness. Three, tolerance or the need to increase time in gaming. Four, unsuccessful attempts to stop gaming. Five, loss of interest in other activities. Six, psychosocial problems due to excessive gaming. And seven, deceiving family members, friends, therapists, etc., or others uh, on the amount of time spent gaming, right? And to me, these, these are um, all general signs to look out for if uh, as addiction, like go, as far as addiction goes, right? I mean, you can replace games with a number of different things or activities, um, and you know probably find a level of unhealthy, you know something unhealthy about that level of of obsession with something or addiction to something. So just wanted to put that out there for anybody um, as a general guide um, on you know whether addiction for video games is is out there for you or those that you know. Oh, sorry, I missed a couple more. Jeez, use of gaming to escape or relieve negative emotions. That's number eight. <laughs> Jeez. Which I do uh, and nine, ironic as well. Nine and nine. Want to comment on that really quickly. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I agree with that because 
anytime you turn on the TV or you read a book, you're escaping into that world a little bit. So, yeah, I don't sure know. I, I'm not sure if I agree with that point. Here's the last point, though, Matt. I know you'll agree with this one. Jeopardizing or losing significant relationships, education, job, or career opportunities because of video games. Yeah. Yeah. That's unhealthy. I guess number eight's the contentious one here, which I agree. Yeah. Go ahead, Hylette. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the article mentioned if there's a presence of multitudes of these, not just one of them. So I feel like number eight, I agree. I've played video games plenty of times to escape or feel better about something by not thinking about something for a minute or whatever the case. But if that's the only thing I'm experiencing, I don't think, based on the way the article is written and laid out, that we have to be concerned. It's if we're doing that on top of you know a few of the other things I think that was mentioned in that list. That's when we want to be a little bit more alert and cognizant. Mm-hmm. In terms yeah, of I think the article said it needed like five of them. Yeah, I think I think that's it. One thing that uh, I think is really important, uh, and I don't know if it was in this particular counseling um, publication or another one that I had read, but um, you know, it's it's really the cause or it's. When it's not playing video games per se, but it's the things that can come around as a result of playing video games to an unhealthy degree. Things like lack of sleep, poor diet, um, low social interaction with people around you, you know, putting certain things on hold in life, um, you know, spending a lot of money on games, you know, is becoming even a more of a un just with the way games are modeled from a business model perspective, is becoming increasingly unhealthy as well. All those things kind of play into the problem, the video games themselves, I wouldn't call the problem exactly. It's just the things that are physiologically unhealthy for you can be a result of playing too many video games. And I think I think there's definitely been like bingey weekends where I played too much WoW and felt like crap, like for staying up till two in the morning and just drinking Mountain Dew um, or just drinking with buddies and playing Smash too late and being hung over the next day. I mean, it's just, although that's pretty fun. Um, there's just these things, there's just these things that come as a result of video games as an activity. They don't have to come as a result of the activity. That's just what we end up doing in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, kind of like what we've already been saying, I mean, these aren't like unique to video games, really like anything that you are addicted to is going to potentially, um, like here, no, point number four. Um, unsuccessful attempts to stop gaming. Let's change that to unsuccessful attempts to stop gambling or unsuccessful attempts to stop, I don't know, masturbating, like literally anything, right? Like it all, it all fits into that category. So um, I don't think these are like particularly unique to gaming. It's just, uh, what's the word? It's just um, tendencies that can be, observed among anything really right right but i mean hey there's a lot of negatives we're talking about here (laughs) but there's a lot of positive things with gaming too um i let i was actually hoping you could run us through this a little bit because i know um i was reading about perma and i was just like what is perma (laughs) sorry i forgot i was on mute for a second you're good man you're good (laughs) Um, yeah, so um, Perma in one of the articles, there's um, there's a psychologist he developed named Seligman. 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 Selig- Seligman. Sorry to all my friends that are psych majors. Don't come off me, please. Um, so he made a model to talk about uh, 
God, I can't talk to you guys. My bad. So PERMA is a model for psych- positive psychology. Mm-hmm. So it helps us break down and see, you know, are things healthier, beneficial from a psychological perspective? And PERMA is an acronym. So P is positive emotions. So if we're, you know, through the experience, are we feeling more relaxed, less stressed, feeling better about ourselves, uh, potentially having better relationships? engagement so the ability to concentrate and enjoy something to the point where we're like flowing with the experience or we're immersed in experience um almost kind of like a meditative state uh there are relationships this comes down to what we were talking about especially during covid the ability to develop relationships through through the experience so online communication increasing both quantity and quality of our social interactions more intimacy, closeness, things like that. Meaning, I really personally like, it's the idea of developing a purpose or fulfillment. So if I'm playing video games or whatever I'm doing, I feel a sense of purpose. And a lot of video games, especially if you play more one-player games like myself, there's meaning in the goals of everything you have to do. Right. So even if it's trivial, even if only exists in the game world, I'm able to build some type of meaning. The game means something to me. The actions mean something. And the last part is accomplishment. This is freaking huge in video games, the way a lot of them are designed. It's completing goals and objectives, earning trophies, acknowledgements, and just feeling competent. And this reminds me of, you know, the Elden Ring episode. When you fight Margaret or any other boss, literally, you feel like empowered, like you did something. So if all of these things exist, then it's a signal that we're developing a positive association or positive relationship or experience with the thing we're interacting with or the experience we're engaged in. Yeah, yeah. Dang, I let something you brought up. I, I yeah. love is um. Well, there's there's two on here that really stand out to me in uh, in Perma. First one being relationships because for myself, some of my closest friends are friends that I made through gaming. Um, my my buddy Ricky and um, a few other friends that I like I met initially in gaming were friends I had all through middle school and high school. And I'm still keeping in touch with them today, and I'm still really close friends with um. Ricky, a.k.a. DJ Schmoofy, as I had just mentioned. Um, <laughs> Lucas. I met Lucas literally, this is not literally, at Smash Brothers tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was like seven or eight years ago, and he's one of my closest friends today. And then uh, I think that's just, and Hot Mickey got involved with our group as well through Smash Brothers as well, and is like one of the closest friends also. So that's funny. Things we, like we, that. We went to the same high school. We didn't talk, and then. We never talked. <laughs> we never talked. <laughs> no but the games after high school brought us together. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. And then moving on to accomplishment, I'm so glad you brought up Elden Ring because that was the first thing that came to my mind when I saw that exactly. Um, God, I still need to beat that game. But uh, (laughs) yeah, um, (laughs) you know, I I remember when that game first came out, we were playing a lot. Uh, Me and Lucas were at the climbing gym one day and like we're working on a pretty hard problem uh, that we've been trying for like a few different sessions. And then Lucas like looks at me, he's like, bro, I, I beat Margaret. Like, what, what is this wall to Margaret? You know, <laughs> he just like, he takes that, he takes that energy and that, you know, that confidence he got from that accomplishment of beating Margaret and Elder Ring, which is a fucking accomplishment. And then he goes and he like crushes this really hard problem on the wall. Um, problem being a route. Um, and it's just like, looks like a, f- a fucking giga chat in the, in the gym. You know, you're too kind. Um, so I, I think there's just, so many positive things from gaming. And I, I thank you so much for laying this out for us so well, Highlands, articulating it yeah. so well. And 
you know, whether it's positive emotions or engagement or relationships, meaning whatever it may be, you know, I think there's so many, so much good to take away from all this. Yeah. I, I wanted to specifically ask, um, hot Mickey on the relationships and accomplishment and meaning portion here too. Cause you know, I know Mickey brought it up before, you know, you're a, a very, very active member of a very, you know, passionate community of gamers. I mean, you've been part of multiple communities in the past, but, uh, and you've also had some amazing achievements as a competitor. Um, so just run us through, you know, how has, how have, how has gaming had a positive flourishing relationship on your mental well-being? I think it's funny because, uh, like, I pretty much, like, had, like, a fork in the road kind of thing going out of high school. I either, A, keep pursuing, try to keep pursuing baseball because I was pretty unhappy with how my time in high school baseball went uh, <laughs> because of, uh, <laughs> uh, just because of, like, the way my coaches were acting and stuff. Uh, and, like, they... Just a lot of drama that I'm not going to get into at this point in time. Or, or B, uh, I was, like, getting really good at StarCraft. And, like, I think I was, like, playing League of Legends more at the time as well. And, like, me as a gamer, I don't exactly play a lot of games. I just play a few a ton. Like, I, I just grind the crap out of it, try to get as good as I can. Uh, I'm just a super competitive person. Uh, since I, uh, I felt like, hey, I'm getting... One, I'm already pretty decent at like these video game stuff and been going to Smash tournaments quite frequently too. I'm gonna try doing this a little more. I've traveled since 2015, 2014. I started traveling in 2015. No, 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 it was 2014. End of 2014, I started traveling. Uh, I drove to Oklahoma for my very first out of state tournament, which never again. That was a terrible car ride. Also, <laughs> uh, also another story uh, for another time. But I've made so many friends across the country. Like I talk with people from like Florida, Connecticut on pretty much a daily basis now because like I met them through smash tournaments and I've gotten and me going to these tournaments. Like I've also gotten pretty good at them. Like the last raking, I was like top 30 in the country in project M and I'll likely be higher on the next ranking after this year. Wow. Hot Mickey, baby. Wow, man. I just Love had to flex on this for a second. That. Now, yeah. just so, so, I mean, for oh, real you. Quick, go ahead, Matt. I just want to mention one more thing on relationships. I just want to give a quick shout out to Bubbles or Bubble from um, our journey episode. Journey episode, yeah. I still keep in touch with Bubble here and there on Steam. We message each other here and there, and I hope you're doing well. And that is just like another wonderful, like, random relationship from a person that I have now. In Turkey because of gaming. So yeah, little stuff yeah. like that, you know, even the small things like that really are important, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, yeah. Uh, I, I think all of us can really relate, especially anybody listening to this podcast. You're, you're a gamer. You've enjoyed, you know, positive relaxation with video games, strong engagement and flow state. I mean, one thing I think that's like super therapeutic is even um, Mickey, Mickey is really good at Tetris. And uh, he came over one time and we're, we had Tetris 99 going on my switch. And like, there's probably the like best shortcut to achieve like flow, like a, a true state of like psychological flow is to just play Tetris and just like your brain eventually like just is in the moment more than it ever can be. And I mean, like that's a video game. And it's just this high level thing that like puts you in this state of flow and like really is meditative. It, it becomes a meditative thing. 
And um, it seems so strange, I think, foreign to to people that don't really play video games very often and kind of older generations, especially politicians that always shout this kind of thing out. I mean, violence causes video games or depression or whatever. I mean, have they ever played like Stardew Valley or like, you know, uh, any of these games that just allow you to like, you know, fill out all these like, you know, flourishing highlights here, you know, engage with people, meet new friends, find meaning, have a sense of accomplishment, find a state of flow. I mean, all these happen without the aid of violence in the medium, you know, video, most of the video games I play, I feel like don't even really have as much violence as, as they used to. It's like, there's a point I remember, Matt, when something happened, some, some, I mean, some horrible thing happened in a politician blamed video games. I mean, you were like playing TFT, which is basically just an auto battler (laughs) chess simulator thing. For those of you that don't know. And it was like, man, this is like not a violent game at all. And we're, we're gamers, right? We're like the worst. We're the absolute worst to society. Um, very strange, very strange. I do want to hit yeah. up your point with like that feeling of sense of like, you're just like completely in the zone with games. And that's, that's my favorite part about like getting super good at a game. Like you're saying with the Tetris example, like there are moments where like, I'm moving so fast. Like I'm not even thinking anymore. I'm just moving on pure intuition. I like I'm not thinking about anything, but my my body is moving exactly where I need to in order to put all the pieces into the correct spots. And I'm just like just moving on instinct at that point. And it just feels so good when that when you can pull that off and yeah, actually yeah. win a game like that. That's probably how Tom Brady feels every game, right? Completely. <laughs> <laughs> um so I wanted to move on to uh, this next portion. I know we've been kind of beating around the bush with the um, violence in video games and sort of controversies over the years. And I know it's not strictly a mental health conversation, but it always comes up, you know, um, at least in, if you live in the United States of America, you'll always hear this headline, you know, there's a mass shooting in the United States and um, turns out the young person who did it um, played a lot of video games, you know, and it goes it goes way, way back to some early examples of mass shootings. Uh, it goes back earlier, you know, video games causing violence goes back even earlier than that. But, um, you know, in 1999, following the events of um, Columbine High School, you know, there was a real call to ban certain games, certain things, um, because people were playing things like Doom, you know, people were playing things like Quake and, you know, violent online games back in like the mid to late 90s. Um, and time and time again, you know, there's efforts to put down the distribution of video games or, you know, call for certain types of censorship. I mean, there are currently censorship laws depending on the country that you live in. Um, certain, you know, there's a call, there's a very famous Call of Duty mission called No Russian that I think we all know. That mission is banned and unavailable to play depending on where that game was shipped. Um, and I think in some places the game is outright banned. I believe in Australia at the time, I'm not sure if that ban is still is still up, but very, very notable, notable country example of banning uh, video games because of violence. Um, so it goes far back. Highlight. I want to. I want you to kind of, um, you know, give give the overall one. You kind of put this really robust list together of all these controversies in video games. In fact, a couple pages of things like Custer's Revenge, Night Trap, Mortal Kombat. Uh, give us the rundown. Sure. I'm gonna shout out the National Coalition. National Coalition against censorship they're the ones that put together the list um it was really quick and dirty so i put it in here for all of us to review but i think the main point is 
from before even like the 80s, like when video games were kind of gestating and becoming into, you know, like a consumable piece, a consumable piece of media that an everyday consumer can get. There's always been a connection between video games and violence. So there was a game, I think the first controversy, they, uh, the National Coalition Against Censorship noted, there's a game called Death Race that had to be pulled off the shelves because essentially whatever little pixel you're controlling ran over gremlins. And when you ran over them, you heard a little like, ah, I, it'd be great to pull up the sound bite because I have no idea what it sounds like. But like just that, just the idea of something being run over and then a reaction to it, people got up in arms and wanted to censor it. And through the years, there's just multiple examples. Um, Custer's Revenge was protested. Well, that movie, that, that game is pretty bad though. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. That game's about like, it. I'll throw it out there. But as we move into like the games I think are in more popular culture knowledge, like Mortal Kombat, Grand Theft Auto, Doom, right. these sorts of games, especially through the 90s, there's been a lot more, like there's a huge lens and push towards trying to regulate and censor these things. And looking at the timeline, a lot of these attempts to censor video games ultimately have failed one way or another, whether it's you know, establishes free speech or it's just there's no strong enough link between video games and violence. But I think the main point is video games were always a scapegoat. And I was having an awesome conversation with Lucas before we started. This isn't the first time a piece of media that's embedded in po like popular consciousness has been scapegoated. Like this has happened to anything that's emerged that was available for mass consumption. Like comic books, there was a huge moral panic in the mid-century with comic books that established like the comics authority and things like that because parents were afraid that their kids were seeing shit they shouldn't be seeing like in general. So yeah, the timeline just kind of just lays out. This yeah. isn't a new discussion. Video games, I think will still kind of be at the forefront when we're talking about mental health and you know, consumption of media, consumption of video games, because it's what's big, it's what's popular. Millions of people play video games, billions of dollars are spent. As long as like games are around and people continue to play games, I think it'll continue being scapegoat until the yeah. next piece of new consumable media pops up, whether it's I holographic, interactive, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Interactive VR porn. Yeah. 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 That'll be, that'll, that'll have a whole moral, there'll be a whole moral panic for that too. Um, one, one thing that's like that, a big thing in, um, edge runners, cyberpunk edge runners. Oh, <laughs> not a big <laughs> thing, but you just like, there's like three different scenes where the guy is just, just like VR porn. It's like a flashlight on and like a brain dance, which is like their VR. Oh yeah. Yeah. Brain porn. dance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it's, it's interesting. I remember growing up, like early early two thousands, growing up, video games causing violence and all this stuff. It was it was way bigger than it even is today. I know there's been some recent moral panics in the last decade or so, but it was like literally people told me that like, oh, if you play too much Star, like there's a guy in Korea he played too much Starcraft and he died. Like that'll happen to you. Like I remember Mickey, did you ever hear that? That was just like an urban. Le I think it was a real thing, but it was like an urban legend. Um, you know, somebody played too much. Wow. And they just like die. They just drop dead from like playing too much and stuff. And, um, you know, this guy played this video game and then like killed his mom and then like went on a rampage and stuff. It's, it was always like this, like kind of reminds me of like yellow journalism type stuff that was emerging. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there was some truth to, to some of those stories that you'd hear as a kid, but I mean, I, it, you know, sometimes it was a little outlandish or 
looking back on it now, it's probably was was very much pushing a sort of moral panic agenda through um, through some of the conservatives in the country and stuff. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting uh, to where we're at now with video games, because I mean, the most popular video game on the planet is Minecraft. Um, And if you're out here trying to say that, like something like that is causing violence. I mean, I'm not I'm not sure what to tell you, you know, Um, and some some video games we play are so like disconnected from what we consider to be like a violent thing. Um, I mean, take like League, League of Legends is a violent game, right? But the violence is not what makes people go crazy, right? <laughs> like Overwatch, I've been playing a lot of Overwatch, you know, that's like cartoony. It looks like Pixar, you know? So you look at something like that and you wouldn't assume it looks like Pixar characters are fighting each other, you know? But which nah, every nah, parent nah. They, they, they may be onto something with League of Legends, though. <laughs> yeah, that one, the toxic environment that, that gets produced, <laughs> if, uh, yeah, produced if, out of League of Legends. Uh, I don't know. They may have something there. Don't play League of Legends for 15 hours straight. Is the lesson, please, everybody, from this episode? Um, but yeah, Matt, what, what is your take on it? Don't don't play League. <laughs> that's that's it. Yeah. By the way, I did I, uh, find gameplay footage of Death Race. I DM'd it to. You guys. Yeah, we can add it in post. I think I was reading through the comments of that. I think they may have actually in that version of that game they may have um, sort of oh, censored it. It's it's not censored. Well, yeah, I guess it is censored. Like a different um, what's the word? Screen pays, plays when you run them over. But uh, it, 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 the one they have is actually also terrifying. It sounds like a distorted squeal from like a guinea pig or something um but no yeah summary thoughts i mean right now gaming is it's just the easy scapegoat like we've all talked about and you know and whenever something goes wrong and anything in life people are always gonna whether it's our government or whether it's ourselves our first instinct oftentimes is probably going to look to blame things externally rather than looking internally what's wrong you know and i think that this is just the one of the more recent examples of that. And, you know, I know we're talking about other media forms, but and I, I joked about VR a little bit, but until we do get to a point where I, I, I don't expect us to be at a genuinely immersive, truly immersive VR point for a long time. So for the foreseeable future, really, um, as the most interactive form of media we do have, I think games for quite a while will truly be um, sort of just the de facto scapegoat whenever something's wrong with today's youth, which is unfortunate. But as we all mentioned, you know, and like, I know we kind of talked about a lot of downer things with how gaming is viewed in the world today, but, you know, just going back to the perma things we went over earlier, there's a lot of positives to take away from gaming, you know, and if you have a great story about how gaming has positively influenced your life, I'd love to hear it. Go hang on our discord, share it with us. Um, Drop it in the uh, shoot us an email at thanksgivingpod at gmail.com. I'd love for you to share your story with us there and just tell us how gaming has positively impacted your life, you know. And if we get some good ones, I'm happy to read them out on the next episode we record. Awesome. Well said. Um, I didn't have uh, any more points for this one unless uh, anybody had any last minute things. Speak now, forever hold your peace. Hi, Alette. You got it out? I think I did. I think let it out. Really, let it out in the field. When we're it's talking like about video games and mental health, it's an ongoing conversation. As time continues to go on, more and more people, I think, are putting more attention towards this connection. So right now, there's not a 
there's I don't think anyone's willing to make an established link if video games are positive or negative, absolutely for mental health. But I actually anticipate we might see more evidence towards a positive as more research is being done, as mental health becomes like a more a more prominent conversation. Like right now, we were four dudes sharing about our own mental health struggles and our relationship with that as it relates to video games. And who knows if people were willing to do this 10, 15 years ago on a podcast, yeah. listen to billions, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So I think as the conversation evolves, we're going to get a lot more new research pointing to different things. But overall, like with anything, video games, this whole thing with video games, it's a symptom. It could be good for you. It could be bad for you. It just depends on how and why. Yeah, well said, well said. Uh, hot Mickey, any last hot takes on uh, mental health and video games? Uh, just video games have just been such a amazing impact on my life. I know so many amazing people, including everybody on this podcast, uh, just because I decided <laughs> to play a bunch of stupid video games and spent most of my free time on them. Well said, well said. Uh, all right, so uh, we got the uh, Discord promo covered. Matt, where could people find us online? Uh, well, real quickly, before we get into that, I just want to give one more quick shout out to Highlight. Highlight did a lot of the research and the heavy lifting for this episode, so Highlight, thank again, thank you. Thank you, Highlight. Uh, really appreciate it. And this was definitely one of our more, uh, you know, I guess, intelligent episodes so hey all of our episodes are intelligent man more (laughs) more research we'll say that Uh, so thank you for that highlight but yes everyone as always um you can find us online at tfp podcast that's at tfp podcast with an s at the end um as well like i said go ahead and shoot us an email and of course go to any of the link go to the link tree in any of the social media handles or go to our website thanksplaying.live and you can find a lovely invite to the discord uh hi let where can we find you online if you want to be found if not that's fine too <laughs> you know i want more people on the discord so love it find your ways to the tfp discord if you want my socials you want to link up or you just want to chat video games magic mcu star wars i'm kind of a connoisseur of all things pop culture sort of so let's chat love there it. and i'll be happy to connect awesome and hot mickey where can the lovely listeners find you uh, you can find me on Twitter, though, less so nowadays because I've been like taking a step back from Twitter. But that would be at teals underscore BCB. That is my Twitter handle. Or you can just find me in the Discord as well. I talk in there whenever there's conversation going on in the Discord. So you can just see me in there. And to the young awesome. king, Lucas, where can we find you? Uh, Discord, uh, like everybody said, or uh, I am on Instagram at goodideaLucas. I have 30 minutes of screen time on my iPhone for Instagram. So try to DM me during those 30 minutes. Otherwise, you're going to have to wait a full day. (laughs) Love it. All right, everyone. This has been... Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. Scoobity-bop! Thanks for playing is a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna, and our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Royal Call Bunch and Red Circle. <laughs>